Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Hey, I'm in Matthew, going to launch this thing here, and I'm going to read you some stuff tonight that I'm just going to give you. I've got two pages of notes here. My wife said, uh, you probably got enough. And I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to get into, to, to, I'm, I'm just going to talk about the spirit of Baal, or Baal, I'll call him both, I just, or Balaam, that's the plural of it, and, uh, and the entrance into America. The entrance. Now, we know that, that this is a false god, but the spirit, the spirit of that false god is very much alive. Very much. And uh, uh, as you know, I got a lot of this information, most of what I'm going to give you tonight, I got out of it now, uh, out of uh, Brother Jonathan Kahn's book, Return of the Gods. Uh, one of the best reads, that I, and I'm, I'm halfway through the, this next book uh, on Josiah, but uh, uh, just, uh, just I, I think he has special insight for these last times. I really do. He's a Messianic Jew. He knows the language, the, the original, and he's just, he has insight that us as Christians, reading the King James Bible, we don't have, because I'm going to tell you now, the, in the Old Testament, the, in the Hebrew and in the New Testament, the Greek, some of these words, and when we read them and perceive them in modern day vernacular and the definitions that we understand them by, they're a little different when you understand them in the original language <clears throat> and just how it is. But I'm glad that we have this book because this is a book. I'm like Jack Laster. When he asked the guy, said, well, listen, he said, I don't like that King James. He said, let's get me to heaven. He said, well, sure it will. That's as far as I'm going. That's where I'm getting off. Matthew chapter 12, going to read this again. Verses 43-45, I will not spend much time here on this, but I had never seen this parable as being prophetic until I read the book, Return of the Gods, and it just, uh, I don't know why I've missed it. I just had. Matthew 12 and 43, and the word of God says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return unto my house from whence I came out. And when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept and garnished. Now right there tells us that it's not, it's not indwelt by the spirit of God. In a bad place. This house, this house is in a bad place. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Now this is where I'd missed it all these years. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. He gives a parable there, and then it becomes prophetic, and he's talking about the generation. Who's he speaking to right here? The Jews. This is a Jewish audience that he's speaking to. And he's telling them, he's telling them, this is what's going to happen. You're going to get swept and garnished. He came into his own and his own what? Received him not. A plus. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't coming in. What was the house? It was empty, swept, and garnished. Now, 
at this time, we know Titus, the Romans, going to roll in uh, 40 years from now, right about there. He's going to wipe this place out. The temple's done. The house is destroyed. The house is destroyed. Therefore, Baal, Baal, Balaam, whichever you prefer, has nowhere to set up house. So if you would, then when Constantine starts fighting under the symbol of the cross and he wipes out everything that doesn't call itself Christian, then Baal is wandering around wondering where to go. Now I'll, I'll admit this, if, uh, there's other lands at this time, there's other lands where there's no doubt his presence is felt, that spirit is evidenced throughout the world. But no, his object, this spirit's object is this, and we see the evidence of it, and you'll see it in just a moment for sure, was to go against, war against anything that was Christian or God-based. This, and, and, and I don't know, I don't know which one I mean, we know Satan has a lot of helpers, amen? Uh, we know that. And I don't know, and I've been a little over the years, I've kind of teeter-tottered on this, Mike, on the fallen angels and the spirits, and it's one being one, but as I, the more I read of late, the, the, the more it's my understanding that they're one and the same. Because I can't find, here's why I say that. I can't find distinguished in the word. So if I'm wrong, I'm just misunderstanding what I've read. But we know, we know that the Lord has ministering spirits. So, and we know that, look, and whoever said this was, I wish this had been original thought. We are not, Fleshly beings having spiritual experiences. We are spiritual beings having fleshly experiences. That's what we are. There is, and the Bible is very plain when Paul tells us, he said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. What do we wrestle against, Jimmy? In high places, principalities and powers. It's things we can't see. So it is spirits out there that war against us. Now we, I'll agree, these false gods that they made up were just that. They were made out of stone or, or, or gold or, or wood. Yes, they were, they were, but it was what it was in the mind, but it was what they represented that was the problem. And these people worshiped this evil spirit and this thing had power. So Baal, is the first one of these that I want to talk about for just a little while tonight. You're going to find it first mentioned in Numbers 22 and 41. So if you want to just turn there to Numbers 22 and 41, we'll, 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 read, this, we'll read this verse just so you can see it, it is in the Bible and uh, I'm not just making something up. 22 and 41, 
Now this, this, is the, this is the time when Balak had called Balaam, the Moabite, Balak had called Balaam to curse Israel. He wanted to curse them. And we remember him mostly by a talking donkey. You mention him, we all remember it on the felt pad in the Sunday school room. There's the donkey and up against the wall, he's got his leg crushed. I can still see it and his tongue was sticking out of his mouth. I guess that's to simulate he could speak. So we see this and verse 41 said, and it came to pass on the morrow that Balak took Balaam and brought him up into the high places of Baal or Baal. That thence he might see the utmost part or the back part of the people. He couldn't see the entire camp. He could just see a portion of the children of Israel when he saw this. Now, so that shows us which we first mentioned. So we, we connect him with the Moabites for sure, but he's a Phoenician deity. He's the master, his, his name means master, husband, or figuratively owner. That's what he's after. He wants to possess the house. Now, I don't think he can possess me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But my friend, Jesus said, few there be that find that. So that leaves a multitude and maybe a majority of people out there that are empty, swept, and garnished and they're welcoming him in. You know what he's going to be? The master, husband, or figuratively, he's going to be their owner. The doctrine of Balaam was passed on. You're going to find this in Peter, Jude, and Revelation. And Revelation speaking about this doctrine of Balaam. And here was the thing about Balaam. Balaam, he, 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 he was going to, he couldn't curse them. He couldn't curse them. So what did he do? He corrupted them. Do you, see, do you see the significance here? God has blessed America. God has blessed America. And to take the, if you can't, if you can't take away the blessing, corrupt them. If you can't curse them, corrupt them. He's the God of fertility. They recognized him as the Lord of rain and the warrior. And when the Israelites begin to worship this spirit, this Baal, this false god, here was his promise to them. They, they, they thought that he would, he would, it would increase, listen, gain and prosperity. As he's the, as he's the, because we do, we're, we're recognized, ever, nearly everybody in this room tonight's got some paper money in their pocket or in their pocketbook. And so we measure gain differently than they did. Without rain, there was no gain back then. Do you see that? The crop, the crop was what sustained them and what prospered them. So they're following him. Look at, they're rejecting the one that really that has control over the rain. And, and it's proven, it's proven on Carmel when Elijah goes and wars against them. And he says, and he says, hey, let him send down the fire. 
They thought he could. He could not. He's almost always mentioned first when speaking of false gods. And in the latter days, here's uh, Zeus is the, is the uh, Greek god and he was, he was identified with Zeus holding, the, holding the, the lightning bolts from his hand to send out wrecking, representing the storms that he could send. Baal was the god of apostasy. That's what he is. That means it, took a, it takes a people who followed God and, and it, let me just go on and show you where we're at in America. Mid-20th century, mid-20th century, it wasn't just including America, it's also Canada. It was the Western nations were viewed as Christian or Judeo-Christian. Mid-20th century. Someone said in the prayer room tonight, might have been Wade, said, you know, in the 40s and 50s, after World War II and up to the 60s, there was just a multitude of people being saved. Uh, I was just in Indiana up there with uh, Brother Oliver McCowan. He took me around, showed me all the churches. I mentioned that this morning. But there was one church where my Uncle Lyle surrendered to preach. I think there was 28 preachers come out of one revival in the 50s. 28 preachers. You knew a bunch of them, tell me. Isn't that amazing? It's rare anybody surrenders to preach today. You certainly don't hear of that. Freddie Copeland would tell me, Mike, he said, I'm telling you, I preached 21 days straight in this one meeting. 21 days. Why? Hey, ain't too many ball games and, and parties going on. Stay in church for 21 days. You've lost your mind. Mid-20th century Western nations were viewed as Christian or at least Judeo-Christian. How does a nation know, I wrote this down, how does a nation who has known God allowed the spirit of Baal into their land? Go to Judges 2.13. Judges 2.13. I was writing this down so fast. I hope I didn't. I, I want to read the bottom of verse 10 and then I'll go to 13. Judges 2, verse 10, the B part of that verse. There arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord. We're there. We're there. We, we say you could be lost in, in, a, in another. We don't need another generation. We've got one. We've got a Young generation here, they don't know who the Lord is. They don't know. Verse 13 says it, and they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. Now I'll get on her later on, but right now, Baal is the one. He's always mentioned first as the head. He's the one they sought first. He's the one that they turned, the, the Hebrew turned their back on God. That's the one they went after first. Now watch this. Well, I'll, I'll just, I was going to read another. I'll, in the 1960s, America really begins turning from God. They, two things that American, America done in the school system was remove prayer and Bible reading. Removed it. I remember this story on my grandmother 
it, it, and I was a seven or eight year old boy when this was told. And it was starting, to, it was late 60s, so it took it a little while to get here. It started in New York. All this mess started in New York. So in the late 1960s, I remember my granny's story saying this. This guy come to her and said, you're going to quit reading that Bible in the morning and having prayer with them kids. My son's not going to be exposed to that. Now that was somebody in our community, Dennis. See where it starts? Well, here's what she, her solution was. She said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll set him out in the hallway by himself until I get through reading and praying and then I'll let him be in and he won't be exposed to that. About that third day, Granny said, there's a knock on the door. He said, Miss Ledbetter, can I come in with everybody else and let you read and pray? She said, never another word said about it. Come on in, son. I don't know if he told his ignorant daddy or not, but there you go. The kid knew. So in the 1960s, early 60s when it began, that was it. But what? here's some things that happened in the 60s. Major newspapers stopped publishing Sunday sermons. They would nearly always at least put a portion of the Sunday sermon in the major newspapers out in the 60s. Magazines no longer endorsed Christian values. If you had something that was moral, out. If it, if it matched up with the word of God, out. Entertainment industry no longer promoted God in a positive light. That's been going on. That may have, they may have had some of that. But I'll tell you this. A lot of the old 50 50 shows quoted scripture all the time. Had scripture right in, I mean, right in the, in the, in the dialogue, they talk about scripture. I'll go back, even up in the 80s, I'll tell you, so you'll, you'll laugh about this, but one of the old reruns I like is in the heat of the night. I just like it. And some of them's got terrible southern accents. They need me to teach them how to say those words. So Gillespie's on there and he's spouting scripture in one of them shows the other day and he's accurate with it. I thought, praise God, that's good right there. I like it. That's in the 80s. You, know, I, I, you see what Baal thought about, fought in the very beginning. It was to do away with the word of God. That's it. Just get the word out. And we're not gonna do it all at once. We can't curse you. We'll just corrupt you. Huh? And blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Listen, he'll always be God. But you make him Lord. But blessed is the nation. Sin's a reproach to any people. And who, Brother Junior? All the nations that forget God. Uh I'm, I'm not just coming down on America. This is, this is global, by the way. But I, I, this is just things that's happened in America. There's no wonder. There's no one. They wonder why there's school shootings. I'm not surprised. You, you, wonder, you wonder why nobody respects authority. The, the police try to stop somebody. And you know what I've noticed? Everybody that ever got shot on any video I saw, they may be some I haven't seen. 
But any video, video I saw, they all resisted. If they say, get out and put your hands on your head and lay face down, you know what I'm going to do? I'll put my nose in the dirt. If he shoots me, it'll be in the back. That's not hard to understand. Why are we where we are? So we see none of these things. Can't have it. And Baal, was, uh, he was at war with the word of God in the beginning and now. It's all about getting the word of God. Why is that? What does faith come by? Hearing the word of God. They've desensitized sin to the point anything goes. Just anything goes. Bob, that's not, that's contrary to the book. Just anything will not go. I like this. This is right off his page. Baal wages war in the realm of four areas right here. Listen, morality. Where are morals? Extinct for the most part. Spirituality. Politics. And culture. I would amen all of that. That's where, that's the areas that he wages war in. Listen to this. American children are now trained against the ways of God. Trained against it. Not for it. I commend the daddies and mamas bringing their kids to our church. I'll do my dead, I'll, I'll make a solemn promise to you. I'll do my dead level best to preach them the word of God and nothing else. I'll try to give them thus saith the Lord. I'll do my best to let them know that there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And the wage of sin is still death. But the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm going to do my best to share that with your kids. You bring your kids here, that's what I'm going to do for them. And bring your kids. Thank you for bringing them. This, 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 this stirred me up right here. In Scripture, God is called Almighty. Almighty. Over and over. He's Almighty God. They coined the phrase, America dubbed its currency. You know what they called it? The Almighty Dollar. See, He's the God of prosperity. You think he's influencing that, any at all? What are you talking about? I'm talking about the entrance of Baal in America. And the house was swept and garnished, Jimmy. It was empty. Wasn't nothing filling it up. And he has moved in. Listen to this. This, this, really, this really, Baal's preeminent symbol was the bull. The bull. A bull is a symbol of Israel's apostasy. It started at Sinai. Well, there's a word, Egel. Now, this is where Brother Khan has 
superior, far superior in knowledge than I am. Eagle, Egel was the Hebrew word for bull. Really, it meant bull calf. Bull or bull calf. So what did they make? What did they make at the foot of Sinai while Moses was up getting the word of God? A golden calf, Egel. They're making a golden calf while he's up getting the word of God. Do we even see the connection here? Then, not only that, but Jeroboam, when the nations divided, when Israel split, you know what Jeroboam done? He made him two golden calves. Put one at Dan and one at Bethel, which means house of God. So here he comes. Now we got two calves. One at Baal, or at Dan, one at Bethel. So Jeroboam, and by the way, he was tagged with this slogan throughout the word of God, who made Israel to sin. How'd you like to have that tag to your name? Say, well, seems to me like that uh, Baal was represented by the bull who was the symbol in Israel's apostasy. Turning away from the Lord. Could that happen in these United States of America? In December of 1989, there's a massive 11 foot tall, 16 feet long, 7,100 pound bull brought, and this is, this is, the bull is brought to the very ground where Washington was sworn in as our first president. In the same spot, there's a, it's a wonder they haven't tore him down. They tore down everything else. But here's a statue of Washington and, and, and here is the bull. Now, I've not seen it. Some of you have been to New York. I don't ever plan to go. If I die and miss that, hallelujah. <laughs> I flew over it one time, but that's close I ever got. About 25,000 feet, close enough. And there it is in the shadow of George Washington. Listen what he said. It appeared on the same ground where he was sworn in. Washington was quoted, if America ever turns away from God and his eternal laws, its blessings will be removed. Now that's what our first president said. He's spot on, wasn't he? Say, we're still blessed. Oh, we're blessed. There's a remnant. We're li- Listen, friend, we're living in Goshen. You better know the hand of God's on us. He's blessed us in this particular church and in the churches that, for the most part, I'm associated with. It, I consider them all little Goshens. The, the hand of the Lord on them, the light of the Lord was there. It's darkness out there. They don't see the things of God. They don't want the things of God. They want prosperity. Now, I'm not saying I want to go back to where I was a little boy and we didn't know who little Debbie was and a snack was crackers with a mustard or ketchup on it. Now, I don't want to go back that day. I could go back to that day. I'd probably lose a pound or two if I went back on that day. Some of you don't even know what that means. God bless you. Listen to this. I'm about done. This... I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get us, get our mind. There was too much. I'm trying to get our minds on this. The entrance of Baal into America. And there's the bull on Wall Street. 
September 19th, 2016. So, let me get my dates right. In about, uh, in about 2.12 to 2.15, ISIS is running crazy over there in, in, in the Middle Eastern countries. And so these, this ancient arch of Baal that had existed for thousands of years. I mean, it's old. Let's see, 2,500 years, they're about, they start tearing this stuff up. ISIS goes in, they don't care. It don't mean nothing to them. They just got the spirit of the devil on them. That's who they are. And they're just going to destroy stuff because they knew it was worth money to somebody else, so they want to destroy it. They start tearing this thing down, and they tear the Arch of Baal down. The Arch of Baal, they tear it down. It connected two temples. Now, this is a thing that had been there for a long time. And they, they, they tearing this thing down. So they make a replica. September 19, 2016, there's a special event. Remember, this is the Arch of Baal. Guess where it's at? New York. They bring this thing in. They're going to unveil this big arch. There's a sign posted out beside it with Baal's name on it. It's a recreation of the arch temple of Baal. This is erected on the grounds of City Hall, New York's seat of government. And they wonder why the city's falling apart. And they wonder, one guy said on a talk show I watched, he said, man, I'm afraid to walk out of my building. Said it's a war zone out there. Said it is pitiful. We got just pitiful. They're not picking up the trash. He said it's awful. They're afraid. Erect you another arch to Baal and say, just like the Israelites did, this is our God. We're going to see the effects of that next week. God be my helper. But I'm going to tell you, this can't be coincidence that all these symbols of Baal has wound up in America. You know why? Because the house is swept and garnished and it's empty. Thus, the places that I went this past week and the pastor tell me, 25 goes there now. I asked this one, this one girl said, how many of you got at your church? I said, hey, we run somewhere around 300 people on Sunday morning close to it. She said, wow. She just thought that was, I'm mega. She thought that was mega dance. Here, listen, we're in Goshen. We're in Goshen. Uh, and guys that run big numbers on Sunday morning, I, they say, how many you got on Sunday night? I said, hey, we'll have about half of them back on Sunday. We'll have over 100 people on Sunday night, 150. He said, you gotta be kidding. No! Why's that? Praise God, the house ain't empty. That's why. There's something in you. Listen, it, I'm driven to come to this place. I'm driven to share the word. I'm driven. 
There's something in me. Glory to God. Devil can't move in. I got one in me. Can't do nothing with. Now, I'm not saying I'm a perfect man. I got more faults than anybody in the building. But I ain't swept and garnished. Certainly not empty. And I'm not welcoming bail in. I tell you, I've enjoyed, I've, from the way I, from what I was, the way I was raised, dad would not let mom work. He stayed on the road all the time in a truck. And I'm telling you, uh, we, we made it, but that's about all we done. I never, I never went hungry. Praise God. Never went hungry. And I always had a warm bed to sleep in. If I'd build a fire, it'd be warm. <laughs> yeah. And to keep from getting cold, I'd build a fire. Yeah. I hate building fires. Ash pans and all that stuff. I said, if I ever get old enough, I stand in at the back door one day. Pulled the ash pan out, the wind, puff of wind come by, it blew it all in my face. <laughs> if mama hadn't have been close by, I might have said some things I shouldn't have said. <laughs> I did say this, if I ever get old enough to pay an electric bill or a gas bill, I've split my last piece of wood and I'll never carry another ash pan. It's been a long time since I carried an ash pan. I thank God for it. I like my creature comforts, and if you say you don't, I'd call you a bold-faced liar right to your face. Or I'd follow you home and say, what about that creature comfort right there? We like our comforts. For the most part, we eat what we like. We wear what we like. We even drive what we like. We do what we like. If we're not, listen, listen. God hath blessed us above and beyond measure I'm telling you, and undeserving people. But you know why he does that? Because we're his kids. Just because we're his kids. And one of these days, he's taking us, he's taking his children home one at a time. One of these days, he'll take me. I'm hoping that he might come in the morning. Say, why in the morning? I don't know. I'd just like to get up and meet him in the air, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be good? I'll tell you a quick little story. And then Brendan become piano. Somebody might want to pray about something tonight. Need to pray for America. Pray for Israel. I used to work with this old boy, and he'd been divorced three times. He wasn't 25 years old. And he'd come into work one day, and he said, she left me and took my dirty laundry. I said, son, it's bad when they take it. He said, she took everything in the house, even my dirty clothes. I said, where'd you find that woman? He said, now, Mr. Ed's. She married you to get your dirty laundry, bud. <clears throat> I said, you need to come to church. At that time, we had a few single girls in church. I said, you ought to come to church. Of course, he wasn't. And get saved. And he said, I don't know about that. I said, tell you what's going to happen. You're going to be looking for me one of these mornings, and I'm not going to come in. I said, you can call my house, my family. And all my folk, and you know what? Most of them that I know is all saved, and you won't be able to find them. I said, but my boss will come rolling in because he's unsaved. Ask him where I'm at, and he's going to say, you know, I can't find that boy nowhere, and he always comes to work. I said, I'll tell you where I'll be. I'll be at 1-800-HEAVEN Boulevard. And I said, I'll tell you what you can do. You can go out there to where I live, and you can have everything there. I'm giving it to you right now. 
He said, you're kidding. I said, it won't do you no good, but you can have it. I said, because I'm never going to need nothing else. He thought I had lost my ever-loving mind. He's a coming. And we're seeing it. I'm telling you, he's come and he's brought seven with him. And it's bad out there. It's bad out there. But it's been good in here today. Sister Wanda Manning said, I felt the spirit over the program. She said, I was watching it on live stream. And I felt the spirit, she said. Praise God. That's what he does. She's going to play something. Let's stand to our feet. If you need to pray, you're welcome to come. Father, I love you. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.